Hi, I'm Haley. And I'm Becky. And this is How to Not Get Killed. Hi. Hey. I feel like that was really loud. I leaned in and Drew's going to be like, why'd you do that? Hi. Hi. <laughs> okay. Hello. We have a new patron. We do have a new forgot. patron. We do have a new patron. So she gave us like a step-by-step walkthrough of how to phonetically pronounce her name. So thank you for that. We always appreciate that. Mm-hmm. So we would like to thank Mel Goulet. Goulet. Watch, I probably still pronounced it so wrong. She's like, Becky. She's going to be like, we talked about this for 45 <laughs> minutes straight. How did you still get it wrong? <laughs> so thank you. We love you. We appreciate you. And that was Haley's ice clinking around. Okay, in her I, Becky, I just mouthed that was loud. <laughs> it's okay. Okay, no, I have yeah. an iced coffee. Sorry, Drew. We're being Sorry, bougie today. People listening, it's going to be clanking around until yeah. it all melts. I got the biggest size possible of coffee. So, yeah. And yeah. for anyone that sees the footage, this is the footage that we're doing the time lapse to. Yeah, we're time lapsing right now. Yeah. I'm looking at you, phone. Hello. Hi, everybody. It's weird. It we've, is weird. We've got I know. the visual and the audio, and then it's like we're combining them. Yeah, we're trying something new. We're trying to... I did yeah. always say I wanted to get into like starting to re- video record some of them. So when you came up with the idea of a time loss, I was like, that's perfect. Yeah. Because it's such a good... Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to sort of just yeah. have it all. But it's not like you have to sit and watch it for an hour, which like we, we might get to at some point yeah. on, on YouTube. But I mean, like as far as that's a little road. clip, you Yeah. Know? Well, this was all thanks to, you know, a listener suggestion. They had messaged and said, give us more behind the scenes content. Yeah. So and right now, oh, my God, I can't even remember her name. Fuck. I'll, I'll say it next time. I'm going to look and make sure. But you know who you are because we talked about this. Mm-hmm. Thank so you I for that. I will check next time. I'm so sorry. I have the memory of like a, a pea size memory. So <laughs> that's why I can't remember. But we love your suggestions. Yes. And also like you guys might listen to other podcasts or like watch youtube shows and stuff and they do certain things and if you want to suggest that we do something then like let Tell us know because be bossy boss us around yeah give us I suggestions we like it yeah. sometimes we use it like this one yeah and, and we... sometimes we won't <laughs> i don't know i can't think of anything someone suggested that we haven't like unless it was like consider some kind of violation of human rights i would be like yeah we're not gonna do that <laughs> yeah, can you guys like murder someone in video someone online? <laughs> no we can't <laughs> so i think that was like the only piece of business i think so it was the patron and then yeah i don't know yeah that's it sometimes the intro is just super short guys and that's okay yeah we're just gonna get right into it only been three minutes so actually speaking of patron suggestions this is what spawned this case yep and i know another one you're gonna do but one of our patrons suggested um maybe like a survivor story so thank you justin thank you justin Great and you idea. have like two more coming so like yeah and i know you already <laughs> had one that you were kind of like you wanted to do it you just didn't know when so you're like okay i'll bump, I'll that, bump one that one up that's a so, big one so if you guys suggest things like we if if it's on our radar we'll we'll do it earlier and if it wasn't even on our radar mm-hmm. at all like we'll prioritize it so yeah. cases that you guys want to hear or types of cases that you guys want to hear because we literally have like a shared document that has like a schedule for the next like what year and a half i think we have laid out on the mm-hmm. schedule mm-hmm. and then we just kind of like plug in the cases that we plan to have ready for like that month yeah we like move them around depending on yeah but then whenever someone's yeah. like i want this one we always check yeah. to see if we've already scheduled it and if not then we'd schedule it or yeah. we bump it way up so and this one was i think i think mike also did 
suggest a survivor he story did, a yes. while okay, ago so we'll as well, who's another to patron well. too. So then it's like two of y'all were we like, yeah, okay, yes, we heard yes. you. Let's, yeah. let's I do think it. People are starting to be like, okay, too much death and murder. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, we sprinkle in a happy story that like starts out scary, but then ends happy. Okay, this one is not like a super happy story. It's still traumatic as fuck. Well, yes, but like, but like the ending. There I'm is hoping a survivor. Is yes. yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Inspirational. Yeah. It will it will be. Yeah. And also the survivor ones I'm doing are not happy stories except yeah. for the end when they're free. Yes. I think I think survivor ones are definitely like you, you still can't describe them as happy because it's sort of like some someone went through something super traumatic. But I think it's more a testament to like the strength of a of just like human beings in general yeah. like when you're in a, a a state of mind where you're like i'm gonna do anything to survive this yeah. or to get through My this life's on the line and i want to be very clear because i know i've had this discussion with people as far as like when they talk about like oh cancer survivors are so strong and blah 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 and all this stuff it does not mean that if someone didn't survive something that, that they're, they're not, not strong. a strong person sometimes I'm, the strongest thing is like letting go too like yeah it's, it's and, everyone's and different and yeah lots of people that we talk about end up dying and it doesn't mean that they didn't fight for their life no um but it's obviously uh, it's inspirational to be able to hear someone's story that they did survive and they yeah. get to tell today and kind of i think that's the strongest that they, part for me they got like, to move on with their life and like live it you know to prove that they can bounce back from it mm -hmm. which, it shows the resiliency of yeah of human humankind, nature yeah. right so yes so that's that's what we're hoping for that's, today that's it and becky has absolutely no idea about I, this I case. have no clue yeah like yeah it so. came up in my research when i was trying to find some survivor stories and mm -hmm. this one stood out immediately and i was like wow i have to do this one so so this is the story of crystal searles okay and her friend katie harris okay so crystal uh was 10 years old this is in 1999. Oh, shit. when it takes place. Crystal, 10 years old, um, her and her family were planning to move to Del Rio, Texas in December of 1999. On December 30th, Crystal and her seven-year-old sister – I was going to ask you how to pronounce this before if you think oh, – it's. Shit. I think it's Mark, Mark – like either Mark or Marquis. It's like M-A-R-Q-U-E. Marquis, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't I'm know. Not sure. So um, let's ask the I'm dyslexic gonna, person how to pronounce stuff. <laughs> I'm gonna say Mark Marquis. I'm gonna say Marquis as well. Okay. Marquis. So <laughs> her seven-year-old sister Marquis were uh, and and Crystal. They were staying with family friends, okay. the Harrises, while their parents were moving all of their belongings down from Kansas. Okay. So her their parents were still in Kansas, and the two girls. There is a younger sister. But she's the youngest, so I'm assuming maybe she was too young and they she was staying with the parents. And then okay. these two came down and stayed with family friends while their parents got everything settled from Kansas, take, like going down to Texas. Okay. So because it was just the two of them here. So the Harrises lived in a mobile home um, out in the desert with the closest neighbor being about a quarter mile away. So that's like I looked it up because I know we have American listeners and Canadian listeners. So that's like 0.4 of a kilometer okay so it's it's not super far it's not like oh the closest neighbor was five miles away or something yeah but quarter mile or 0.4 of a kilometer so like that's 400 that's meters too, yeah that's not too that's but just sort of like out on its own though not okay. like close neighbors like this wasn't a suburb yeah okay they okay. were Makes kind sense. of out in the desert so uh the harris the harris's had a big family their oldest son sean then justin Lori, and then the youngest was 13 year old kayleen who usually went by katie i like kayleen 
Very, yeah, very pretty name. Crystal's sister, Marquis, wanted to sleep in the same bedroom as Crystal and Katie. Um, She asked to sleep on the floor just so that she could, like, be in there with them and, like, have a sleepover with them. But the two older girls didn't didn't want her like they didn't want they wanted crash. to be on their own they didn't want her crashing the party. crashing their sleepover yeah. exactly classic right like yeah, classic. yeah. Like, no, so they were little. like you have to go sleep in the spare bedroom and she was apparently really upset she um, later recounts that she like laid in in her bed for like two hours like fuming because she wanted to be on the sleepover so bad oh that makes me so bad it it <laughs> like, it, it, it won't in a second okay, but okay it's a good it's a very good thing that she wasn't in the room okay but she was... I thought you were going to say she maybe got the revenge and this is her story. <laughs> this is Marquis' story. <laughs> Getting back at her older sister. No, no. Because I'm in for a story like that. Let's do that. She she <laughs> was very upset. I, or, like, understandably so. Seven-year-olds, like, being told they can't hang out with their older sibling. Like, yeah. I had an older sibling. So did you. Yeah. And many times I was told, no, you can't play with us. No. Like, yeah. <laughs> and you're so. like, well, I guess I'm a fucking loser. Yeah. Then. Like, <laughs> so... um. Did I ever tell you about the time that my brother threw a basketball at my face at school? <laughs> no. Because I like went up to try and like hang out with him and his friends and I was just like so utterly embarrassing that he just like <laughs> launched a basketball full speed right at my face. Oh I like fell gosh. backwards. Aww, and then he was just Becky. like, get out of here. I don't think he was actually aiming for my face. It just like happened. Just threw it at you. Yeah. And then I was just like, oh, fuck, I guess I'm a <laughs> fucking nerd. and just like stomped <laughs> off so embarrassed. Aww. So that was my childhood. Aww. That's why I am the way that I am. That's my origin story. (laughs) (laughs) Origin story. Okay, go on, go on. Uh, So I understand, you know, being. I understand too. Yeah. Um, Crystal and Katie slept in Katie's bunk bed. Mm -hmm. Katie on the bottom bunk and Crystal on the top bunk. Okay. Also, I will say that there is a, there was an episode of Forty Eight Hours that aired in 2010, and a lot of people in this case were interviewed. Okay. So there are quotes that I'm going to pull from people from okay. that are like direct quotes from them but i'm just slotting them in in the timeline of like when Where they happened, happened in the story okay. yeah you're so good at that stuff i'm gonna try <laughs> try to organize <laughs> yeah, it properly that's what i was Me, doing just... for an hour and a half before this episode <laughs> okay perfect <laughs> um so around 3 50 a.m crystal woke up to the sound of a struggle and she said she heard katie screaming so she looked down toward the bottom bunk to see a man with a large boning knife holy shit attacking her friend Crystal lay laid down on the bed, not moving or making a sound, hoping that the man wouldn't see her. A quote from Crystal says, later, she recounts, he had his hand over her mouth. She was struggling. She told me with her eyes to stay there and not move. And so I didn't. He took the knife and slit her throat and she just fell. So she watched this whole thing happen to her friend. Oh, that would be horrifying. Yes. Yeah. And she was... Again, not moving, not making a sound. After wow, after the man attacked Katie, he began to move around the bedroom. Crystal later said it almost seemed like he was trying to clean up evidence or or move things around, like mm-hmm. in a in a way. Um, the man walked towards the door as if to leave, but before he did, he turned around and took another look around the room before he turned off the light, and he noticed Crystal as she opened her eyes, and so he lunged towards her with the knife, and she tried to. St- she said she tried to move to the right side of the bed because he was on the left side. Okay. Um, but he started grabbing at her and she um, she tried to put her hands around her throat to, because yeah. she saw him slit her friend's throat and she didn't want that to happen to her. Oh my and God. he shouted, move your hands. And then she just like moved them because she didn't know what else to do. So he sliced her throat 
And she decided in her head that the only way she was maybe going to survive this is if that he believed that she was dead. So oh, she just what a fucking she, oh my god! So I know, smart. like I know. So she just played dead. She f- she fell limp, and he just stopped. And in his head, probably thought like, got her too. Fuck. And he left the bedroom. So a quote from Crystal says, "I just remember laying there and the light turning off, and I heard the door shut. And so I got on my hands and knees, and I was crawling across the floor in the bedroom, and I came across Katie on the floor." She was kind of making a gasping noise or maybe she was choking. But then I was trying to comfort her. I laid next to her rubbing her back. And and that's when I realized I couldn't talk because all I wanted to say was everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. But I couldn't. And then, I mean, as soon as she stopped making those noises, I had this feeling, you know, get out of here. Get up. Come on. Go. Don't lay here. Just go. Fuck. Yeah. And they're like, how old? She's 10. Oh, my God. And her friend Katie was 13. Oh, God. Yeah. Very. They're so young. They're children. What the? Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. So Katie had been stabbed 16 times with the boning knife before having her throat slit. Crystal's windpipe had been severed. Oh, that's why she couldn't talk. Yeah, that's why she couldn't talk. And her fingers had been sliced because she was trying to defend herself. Her vocal cords had been nicked. Stop. And the knife had sliced the sheath covering crystal's carotid artery but it had failed to slice the artery itself oh thank god so that's this is why she didn't die like if it had slit her artery she would have been dead my throat hurts i know i know it's so like yeah it sounds excruciating um but she is so so lucky that it did it just didn't go that much deeper um from the bedroom crystal made her way to the spare bedroom where her sister was sleeping she tried to wake her up, but she didn't wake up right away. So in her panic, she was just like, he killed everybody. Like, oh I think God. he just killed everybody and I'm the only one that survived. I have I have to go get help. Yeah. So she walked slash, like, I guess staggered because she probably would have been in so much pain mm-hmm. um, with her throat slit to the nearest neighbor, which, like I said, was a quarter mile away. Okay, that's, oh my God, she's yeah. like gushing blood. She, had, she was in her pajamas. She had no shoes on. She just walked or staggered or ran as fast as she could. Yeah. She said, it was dark outside. I was in my pajamas, no shoes, nothing. And I just decided I saw a light in the distance. I was like, that's my goal. That's where I need to get. That's where I need to be. I just got on the road and walked really slow to that light. Really, all I could think about was just get to this house, just get to this house, just get to this house. And I just banged on the door and I hear a gentleman. He says, who's there, who's there, you know, and I can't, I can't talk. So I'm just banging as hard as I can on the door. And then he opens the door. So she was unable to speak due to the severity of the wounds. Like we said, nicked her vocal cord and sliced her. um, What did I say earlier? Her windpipe, windpipe, which is, I believe your trachea. Yeah. Yeah. I think Um, so. So, yeah so so basically yeah like if he sliced her trachea all of the air that would be like that she would be breathing would just be going out of that wound yeah so it wouldn't really be it would probably be really hard to breathe as well um so she wasn't able to speak so she ended up writing notes um one of them said the harrises need help i think another one said call the police and then she wrote another one that said will i live oh my god i know so like yeah just my heart is breaking jesus i can't believe i've never heard of this before i know i know this is crazy 
Um, around 5.30 a.m. on this was the morning of December 31st. So this was New Year's Eve. Um, police received a phone call regarding the attack and the homicide. Crystal's mom, Pam Searles, received a phone call around 6 a.m. from Valverde Emergency Room asking for her permission to life flight Crystal to San Antonio because she had been attacked. So this was her mom finding yeah. out. Crystal assisted the police with um, handwritten notes from her hospital bed because, mm -hmm. again, she couldn't talk. And there are, like, there's pictures, like, there's a picture of her in the hospital bed. Like, she's so little. And there's, like... Um, the bandages and packaging. Like, yeah, yeah, like, there's a tube and everything, like, a, around her neck. Um, so I would imagine, yeah, she probably wouldn't have been able to talk for quite a while. Yeah. So she wrote notes describing what had happened and like what the guy looked like. So they brought in a sketch artist and through her notes and everything, she was able to describe him enough that they could get a sketch. Wow. She said, a quote from Crystal says, I couldn't get the picture out of my head and it amazes me how good that they sketched it compared to how he really looked at the time because it was so perfect. Wow. And I've, see see, I've seen yeah. the sketch. It's it's pretty good. Like, yeah, it is pretty good. Wow. For sure. Then um, they brought in, later they brought in a photo lineup Will we share a picture of the sketch? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll share a picture of it for okay. sure. Okay. Should so I write it down in my, in my notes this time? If you want to. Uh, well, when I make the post for this okay. episode, okay. I okay. should. Okay. I'll be like, because I'm always sitting there being like, what pictures do I put for this? If it's and not like said, a. Okay. So this one should be. I just thought because I'm prepared sure. this time. So do it. No, it's okay. You write it down. You're going to remember. Write it down. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she's got her notebook. Like, she's so giddy. Okay. Oh, I got to get my pen out. That was my pencil case. And this is me taking a sip of my tea. Yep. Okay. What am I writing? Sketch picture. <laughs> <laughs> I just shake it in front of the this mic. Is, oh, what are those videos called on? Oh, ASMR <laughs> videos. Is that it? Or did I say something completely wrong? What is it? I don't know. The ones where they're like, they talk really close to the microphone while they're like eating and stuff. And they're like, yum, yum, yum. This is oatmeal I'm eating. You know, those creepy videos. It's usually only, only men that watch it. So sorry, guys. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what You don't know is. about these? No. Okay, we'll talk about it after. You're telling me only creepy people watch them, and then you're like, you haven't seen them? <laughs> I'm like, only complete fucking whack jobs watch them, and I'm like, but I've seen all of them. <laughs> uh, Sketch picture, writing it down. Yeah, there we go. Done. Okay, continue. <laughs> I did my we job. Got it. We got it. We all got right, it. my note taker here. Yeah, yeah. So they brought in, later they brought in a photo lineup. Crystal scanned each photo carefully and then came back to one and pointed to the man that she believed killed her friend. Within two days, 35-year-old Tommy Lynn Sells, a drifter and former carnival worker, was apprehended for the crime. The Those frickin' carnies. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no no hate on carnies. No, no, no. I'm kidding. I'm but, kidding. <laughs> but, but it's kind of hilarious. Uh, well. <laughs> the officers did know of Tommy Lee Sells from previous encounters with the law. Mm-hmm. They went to Tommy's home. They knocked on the door. And then when they went in, they were met near the front doorway by Tommy Linsells. And his comment was, I'm glad I finally got caught. I was tired of doing this. You son of a bitch. I know. Can then, you imagine hearing that? stop doing it. Oh, fuck. And you're going to hear about all the shit that he did. Oh, but no. I don't want to. It's not this. It's not going to be. This isn't going to be an episode on like Tommy him. Linsells himself. Like there is. I'm doing a background on him. But... I'm not doing a deep dive into all of his crimes because there there is a lot. This this story is about Crystal, but okay. yes. Um, 
This he's a piece of shit. So <laughs> they put him under arrest for murder. The murder weapon was an 11-inch butcher knife. It had been sharpened throughout the years so many times that it was such a thin blade. Stop. Someone made a comment later that like when they saw it in evidence and they were like, I've never seen a knife scarier than that before. Stop. Yeah. Like it just Ugh. 11 inches too. I mean like. That's a lot of inches. Oh, that's multiple it's inches. It's almost a foot long at Subway. Like, I mean, that's, that's how long. That, well, like, realistically, it is a foot long at Subway because they chintz you the fuck out. Have you ever measured <laughs> your sub? No. It's like, it's not 12 inches. What is it? Like 10? Yeah. <sighs> so it's longer than a foot long at Subway, guys. This is how long this knife yeah. is. It's it's an inch yeah. longer. Also, Subway sponsor us. I still love your subs. <laughs> Subway, eat fresh. <laughs> eat fresh, guys. Eat <laughs> fresh as fuck. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're not sponsored by them. And we're never going to be now that I've called them out for their footlongs. Continue. Firehouse subs. Sponsor yep. us. Oh, <gasps> Firehouse subs is so good. You know what I also just tried the other day? What'd Luke and try? I tried Jersey Mike's. Have you tried Jersey Mike's? I've never tried Jersey Mike's. They were is also good? very good. Okay. Okay, I'll try they them. They're very good. But Firehouse I, subs is like, I mean, come yeah. on. I like my, my. I think it's like the hot turkey BLT I get. Or turkey, turkey something and there's bacon. All I know is that. And then you get the pickle on top and it's just like num, num, num. Oh, so I'll do a whole ASMR video on me eating a firehouse <laughs> sub. <laughs> no, we'd be rich if we did that. People love listening to chicks eat food. How did I not know about this? Why That's haven't I been thing. doing this making money? I and, eat a lot. And I know, me too. Like and then people claim that it's just like soothing to listen to. I'm like, no, nah, you're fucking getting off on That's this. That's weird. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. If no you're someone no. to anyone, if you listen to those, I don't know. I, I but no, I'm I, calling you how I, I see I you. I think you're weird. You're a weirdo. <laughs> yeah, we are weirdos it's, too. You know what? It's we, okay. It's We're all fine. into weird shit. Everyone can have their thing. Absolutely. But it's not for me. <laughs> Even though I've listened to them, it's creepy. They scare me. Go on. Go on. You want? You'd rather be in front of the mic than behind it. Yeah. That one. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. So, um, oh yes. Yeah. So they recover uh, the blade. Where in a bush behind his house, where he told the police he had discarded the knife. First That's of all, a really, okay. it's a shitty place to just get rid of he your sounds murder like a weapon. Really bad criminal. Also, like, do a better job. Of being I don't a even know if he was discarding it. Like, I'm, I'm thinking about. Okay, they said he had sharpened it so many times over the years, which meant that he kept this knife wherever he went because he was a drifter. He just stores it. In I the think bush. he maybe just stored it in the bush behind what a his house. Fucking weird spot to store your. Like, like you're like, I'm not going to keep it in the house. I'll just put it in the in the, in the bush. Have like a safe or something. <laughs> I, you're <laughs> preaching to the choir here <laughs> all right, all right. um they said that he was very cooperative with the police giving a full confession and agreeing to do a walkthrough of the crime scene and walk them through and he did walk them through exactly what he did he hmm. explained that he looked in marquis room first and saw her sleeping and then moved on and found katie and crystal sleeping in the room across the hall it was determined later that Tommy actually knew the Harrises. I think I read somewhere that he met them at church. Okay. So he had met them, meaning like their family. So it, it is believed that he went there that night specifically to target Katie. Okay. And the intention, although he didn't, um, he didn't complete, he didn't manage to do this, but his intention was to sexually assault her. Ugh. I'm glad Which you didn't just, get that. So, yes, I know. Ugh, I know. You gross me out. Disgusting. You piece of shit. A window had been left open that night. So that was how he, he got, got into in. the house. So there was no like, he didn't have to break in or anything and make any noise. There was just a window that had been left open. So yeah. on the way to jail, apparently Tommy was sitting in the back 
quiet and didn't really say much. And But he said one thing. He spoke up and said, I guess you want to know about the other murders. Oh, you motherfucker. Right? Like, I'd like swerve, <sighs> slam on the brakes and be like, fucking spill the beans, you piece of shit. <laughs> so so he, I will just begin with his background a bit here. So okay. Tommy Lynn Sells was born on June 28th, 1964 in Oakland, California. He had a twin sister named Tammy Jean. The two were... They were two of five children. Tammy and Tommy. Tammy and Tommy. I know. I thought about that too. And this I was like, that's terrible. A, yeah. Don't do that to them. I have to, to have them. a conversation with those parents. Don't I'm sorry. Don't do that to them. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> if anybody out there is listening you. and you've named both of your children, Tammy and Tommy, change their names right now. Or like put them on the Disney channel. Like they don't have any other choice now. N- yeah. Now. Yeah. <laughs> like now they have to be. Like yeah. gimmicks or yeah. something, you know, yeah. like, side shows. Like, <laughs> um, so they they were two of five children in his family, having, um, and their sorry, their mother's name was Nina, and she wasn't married to their father. It doesn't say much about their father. I don't think he mm. stuck around too long. A few months later, um, oh sorry, I pasted this from something. A few oh, months later, to, from whenever I don't even know, um, but. T- I just don't even know. Closes laptop, leaves, never <laughs> done. comes back. I'm done. Basically, Tommy and his sister, when they were young, they contracted meningitis. Oh shit! Tommy survived. Tammy Jean did not. Oh fuck. Okay. Well, now I feel bad about making fun of them. Oh well. Well, not him, but her. Their parents still okay. named them that. That's so. yeah. That's just rude. Shortly after this, Tommy was sent to live with his with his aunt. Um, he lived with her for about two years, and then his aunt expressed interest in actually adopting tommy but his mom didn't want her to so she nina came back and and took tommy away and was okay. like you're not living with your aunt anymore i don't know well why why was he there in the first place but i'm not sh- i'm not sure it doesn't sound like the most stable household as you will usually hear. when you send your kid away to live with another family member it's not that stable They've yeah. also named their kids Tammy and Tommy. So yeah, so there's a lot of questions going on. here. Lots yeah. of questions. Nina has some explaining to do. Yeah, <laughs> I also love the name Nina. I know it's beautiful. It is yeah. beautiful. I have a family member with the, that name, and it's just I've always been like I love it. Mm-hmm. Okay, continue. I know, me too. Okay. So when Tommy was seven years old, he began drinking. Seven. Seven. Okay. Yep, you heard that right. Yep. At eight, we got a we got a Jeffrey Dahmer here. <laughs> yes, yeah, I think he's got a few years on Dahmer. Actually, actually. Yeah, he I didn't think start Dahmer's until like ten or twelve. Like, yeah, like eleven. Yeah, yeah something, something like that. Like that. <laughs> just you said <laughs> the one in between the two. <laughs> You're like, yes, eleven and a half. I thought Becky. I thought you said twelve. 10 I thought you just 12. oh ten or twelve. Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking bitch. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It, it was somewhere somewhere in elementary school. Oh God. At eight years old, um, Tommy was molested by a man. That knew his mother um, with his mother's consent. Oh, no, no, no. I know. No, no. This is what I mean. Nina has some explaining. We got some explaining to do. This is awful. Yeah. That's terrible. Um, Yeah. At 10, he started using drugs. And three years later, um, he got naked and climbed into his grandmother's bed while she slept. Oh, Ew. Yes. I mean, it's not surprising considering yeah. how fucked up yep. his childhood was at this point. Like, probably still, like, yeah. has such a distorted view on life in general. And sex and all that. Like, and just, yeah. So, because of this, he was banned from the house. 
his mother could just like kicked him out oh and then, but he's like 10 so we probably shouldn't be doing that nina oh well at this point he's 13 still but no i i, I agree yes. don't get me wrong i agree Got i just wanted to make sure <laughs> you knew how old he was yeah. at this point but oh, and i'm already not he started <laughs> he started using drugs at 10 oh okay that's where i got 10 from so then okay. three years later of drugs and alcohol abuse yeah he gets naked and climbs into his grandma's bed yeah which guys don't do that no that's not normal no gma does not like when you do no. that so his mom was like that's not normal even though she's the one that probably fucked him up well it's also not normal for you to give consent to someone to assault your no, child exactly but her solution was taking the other siblings and just leaving town and abandoning tommy no they just left that's really bad parenting i would say so that goes up in the record books of like worst decisions really that you can make parenting. as a parent and this is coming from two people that don't have children. I don't have kids. So I don't usually judge people on parenting. Oh, I see people walking around with their kid on a leash in the mall and I'm like, you know what? That kid probably needs to be on a leash. They I need don't to know. be on a leash. Like yeah. I, I, I used to judge I'm gonna things be like a leash that. Parent, and I'm like, and I know no, 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 no. Once I started yeah. working with kids, I was like, I do not make judgments. They should all I don't be on know. leashes. <laughs> like, <laughs> but like. They're going to have like a collar with my phone number <laughs> on it. Like, <laughs> But this kind of shit, I think it's safe to say unanimously we can all agree not the best decision on nina's part no. but she just left that was that was the way she chose to deal with it yep. um a few days later he apparently assaulted a female by striking her with a pistol in a fit of rage oh how like how rageful do you need to be though like i, I whenever i hear the words like oh this happened in a fit of rage and it was like but like how do you get to that point because like my fits of rage are like i'll just like throw my phone down really hard I on know. like a soft pillow <laughs> i like, think <laughs> think people like this experience rage in a whole different way yeah i don't know if i want to experience probably it. a lot of it just all the time i just feel like yeah you'd, you'd be angry be, all you'd the be time on the brink of a fit of rage all, all the, the time, time. <laughs> like it's always the last straw you yeah. know <laughs> well that's also how i feel all the time like i always feel like the next thing that pisses me off is the last straw yeah but i'm also not gonna hurt anybody so well no no and I'll also just, i don't even I'm know gonna, where to get a pistol if I'm i wanted clench to my fists really hard that's me and my fit of rage I'm like, Go! <laughs> good uh, that'll teach them that will yeah <laughs> it usually works honestly so in 1978 um tommy was 14 years old and he basically at this point he was on the road living the life of a permanent drifter okay so by the time that tommy was arrested for this murder when he was 35 he had already spent time in prison and committed a variety of crimes from petty theft and drugs to rape and assault Ugh. it's believed that tommy began killing as young as 15 fuck that's quite the resume i know i know well he was in custody for the murder of katie harris and he began after the comments okay do you want to know about the other murders he began to tell them about everything else he had done like literally everything because at that point i think he knows like i'm not getting out at this point i might as well just like i might as my, well just tell clean my bill here um and I, whether he felt it or not his comment when they came in about oh i'm glad you caught me if he felt like yeah i i'm finally caught like i'm relieved i'm just yeah. gonna tell them everything i did just to get it off my chest i mean yeah on it's probably likely it, it, it would make sense to me yeah. there could have been other motives but like yeah he told, basically he told them everything so well like a lot of killers do actually feel oh. remorse or feel at least like their own personal guilt it isn't like guilt for what they've done it's just like oh i need to get this off my chest yeah I like just i just i've been it. keeping this a secret for so yeah. long now i can it's finally more so tell the guilt people. of the secret than the actual act itself yes yes that's why they usually are just like fine i'll just say it all that way i can talk about it and, yeah for sure yeah so he said that when he was 15 years old, he broke into a house 
and saw the homeowner sexually abusing a young boy and remembering his own sexual abuse as a child, he became enraged and shot the man. I can empathize. I can. I probably wouldn't I can shoot too. somebody, but like I, I could empathize with that yes. at least. This murder in particular has never been confirmed, but that's what he claims was his first murder okay. at 15. It's, um, it is believed and has been confirmed in some cases that he killed women and children as well. Um, although many crimes believed to be, um, committed by him still remain legally unsolved. Right. As we know how, how this goes. And I'll get into more of that later, but, um, yes, he, he, he did. It was confirmed that his childhood was, was extremely troubled. He worked a number of transitory jobs in his late teens and early twenties including starting to work at a carnival in 1985. Mm -hmm. Okay. During a period of incarceration for theft in 1990, Sells was diagnosed with personality disorders and substance use disorders, including dependence on alcohol, opioids, amphetamines, and more. Okay. He also suffered from major depressive disorder, psychosis, and bipolar disorder. Psychosis is a really rough one, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. In 1992, around seven years before uh, seven years before the murder of Katie Harris, Tommy Sells found himself homeless and standing beneath a viaduct holding a sign saying, we'll work for food. And okay. apparently this young woman drove by and she felt bad for him. So she pulled over and offered him a meal and drove him to her home. The 19-year-old asked him to wait outside as she went in like to prepare a meal for him but he just went into her house he took a knife from her kitchen and proceeded to trap her in the bathroom she fought back with anything she could find around her including um i guess a ceramic duck that was near her and she like bashed him over the head with it um she got control of his knife and she stabbed him she nicked his kidney and liver wow in addition to slicing one of his testicles Ooh, yeah i was you like go girl yeah fuck yeah um in, every guy listening just like, like grabbed oh, their nuts yeah so hard. i know i know <laughs> um in retaliation he grabbed a piano stool and he beat her over the head with it whoa and then he he ran off um he, in, he obviously intended to just like run away but his injuries were too severe so he had he ended up in the icu and in poli- police custody because she had also survived and she was like, "Das him, go get yeah. him. Yeah, so she sustain- sustained significant injuries, um, including a, like a gash in her head and Ugh. a cut in her hand that required surgery. Yeah. After this attack, Tommy Sells took a plea deal on malicious wounding charges and served five years in prison. That's not a long time, but yeah. yeah. It, doesn't se- it doesn't seem like a long time for me for the caliber of this crime and also looking at his track record like at this point he had been arrested multiple times yeah and all of these disorders that i just named that he was like labeled with and yeah diagnosed with like i mean it just seems like when you read the statistics it's like okay well this is someone who's likely to reoffend. are very they... likely to reoffend. yeah yes. and usually that's like the heaviest weight they consider when determining a sentence is like okay if this person's likely to reoffend, usually we have to make it a little longer so that way at least the general mm-hmm. public's safe for a little bit longer but this is the thing that we talk about so often with cases like this, especially with attempted murder or like assault, where it's sort of like, oh, so if they had succeeded, then we could put them away forever. But mm-hmm. because they didn't succeed, we can only give them five years. Yeah. 
I feel like the, because yeah. the person fought them off hard enough. Like that's just that's bullshit not, to me. It, I don't know. They should almost get a locker room. Like, I, I know. I don't know. Like, it's so, it's just so that you don't get the opportunity to, yeah. to come out and actually because, like, do it. I feel like if they're not successful, chances are no matter what the offender is, they're going to try to be successful. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. So during this incarceration, um, he began, I don't know, it doesn't say how, he began a relationship with a woman from prison and they ended up it doesn't say it, it how. doesn't say how i have it no fucking does. idea like i don't know um oh god and they ended up getting married while he was in prison mm, okay so yes um in he was released in 1997 and moved to tennessee with his his mm-hmm. wife um but then soon after he left her and resumed his cross-country travels drifting drifting things like that i don't know why i whispered drifting like really drifting also like do you, are you seeing this right now what's happening no what's happening this it's just moving no <laughs> oh okay watch watch when i talk anyways my pop filters okay moving, guys. I was like, no. <laughs> just watch it it'll move um so from Haley's hallucinating <laughs> is what's happening <laughs> um so from 1979 to 1999, Tommy Lynn Sells is linked to the dis- disappearance and murder of a number of people, many of whom are children. That's not cool. Police investigators believe he murdered at least 20 people. That's a lot of fucking oh, Sorry, people. 22 people. Oh. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, Texas Ranger. That's more than most serial killers. I know. I know. And these are the ones that these are the only the ones they could confirm with evidence so texas ranger john allen who was the one that responded to the call for katie harris and crystal searles and he worked this case he said um we did confirm 22 and i know there's more i know there's a lot more yeah well it seems like those were the only and he can he confessed to killing upwards of 70 people but it got to i think it from what i read i think it got to a point kind of like did you watch that documentary in henry lee Lee lucas no not yet the confession killer whatever yeah it's on my list don't worry it is good but i think it was it was i think they were trying to prevent it being something like that as far as like we're not just going to believe everything that you confess to at this point. Once you get past a certain point, then like you could just be confessing to anything we wouldn't know. Yeah. And, and there are killers who we know do confess to more inflate their numbers for yeah. like publicity and to become yeah. like famous. Right. To yeah. be like known as like the worst serial killer ever. Like if you're already yeah, in custody exactly. and you're already labeled a serial killer, then some of them are like, well, I might as well be the best one then. Exactly. You know, I can't remember if it was, what we were talking about in a recording or last night off recording but when we were saying how like someone might just confess just for the sake of confessing Mm -hmm. to like a complete Mm -hmm. normal person might just walk in and be like yeah i'm pretty sure i did that yes yeah oh i think it was it was was sander fulip that we were talking about yeah and he confessed and they were like uh okay (laughs) okay so yeah so they could they were able to confirm 22 of them though which is a fucking lot that's a lot that is a lot so we don't know exactly how many, but we know it was probably more than that. Hefty. So nine months after the murder of Katie Harris, Tommy's trial began. A quote from the interview um, from Crystal said, going back to Kansas was a relief, but at the same time, I knew that I had to eventually go back to Texas and testify in front of him. Yes. But, you know, I was ready. I felt ready to do it. I wanted to do it. That's scary. I know. I know. For such a young person. I have to have, chills like, thinking about how 
bravest I don't girl think is. I could. Like, yeah. So just yeah. So uh during the trial, Crystal stayed with Detective John Allen and his family, and he had two young daughters around her age as well. He felt like maybe it would be nice for her to be around people her age, like when the trials when they're not in trial to like try and sort of like be distracted from it and like yeah. peer know, support have, is have a some thing. normalcy, I guess. Yeah. He said that this is so sad. He said the hardest part was hearing her wake up in the middle of the night screaming, knowing that she was having nightmares. Yeah, that's not fucking cool. Oh. How would you ever sleep again? Especially like going somewhere else thinking like, I'm going to go sleep over at so-and-so's house. And it just, it ruins all good and normal things that a kid should be going through. I know. I know. And she does talk about that a bit um, later. I have, I have a quote from her about just about how, trying to recover from something so horrific like this. But yeah. um, Katie says... I felt fine to know that I had to eventually see him because I felt like he couldn't conquer me. You know, he had his chance and he obviously didn't do what he wanted. And now look at him. He was going to be in that trial room because of me. And I liked feeling that power. I just had such a mindset that this is what I wanted to do. And this is what I had to do. I put my thoughts towards Katie. Like this is for Katie. This, she deserves this. Wow. This is yeah, just this is from a this is from an interview in 2010. So she would she would have been t around 20 um, okay. at the time of this interview, but recounting her thoughts as an 11 year old, as like a kid. as like a 10 to 11 year old kid. Yeah, this is just inspiring to me. Um, yeah. So during the murder trial, Crystal was called to to testify as a prosecution witness. She was asked if she wanted, before the the day that she was to testify, she was asked if she wanted to walk past Tommy, who was sitting at the front of the court, or if she wanted to walk through a different door, which would lead her directly onto the stand. Like, they were like, you don't have to walk past him if you don't want to. Like, if that's going to make you feel scared or anything like that, you can like, just walk yeah, through no, this other door. <laughs> she said, I want to walk by him. I'm not scared of him. She probably, sh like, she should, like, fart or, like... <laughs> you know that's what i do like spit, spit. on him yeah. like no this See, that's girl where i w wish i could do like um what i don't even know what it's called like just vomiting on command I'm just be like <laughs> i wish <laughs> fuck you the, this girl had too much class she sh for that she held her head high uh, and she walked past yeah. him she like, started, like, no, like, she's too classy she's, too she's classy not for you us. Becky. me and me and you would yeah. like shit all over him literally <laughs> yeah like dump like spaghetti on him or yeah something. shit and, my pants as i yeah. walked by and just <laughs> wafted at him but she was like nope i want to walk past him i'm not scared so what a boss ass bitch. I know. fuck i know on the day that she testified uh tommy lynn sells this is how this is how strong she is and this is how much of a fucking coward he is he asked not to be present on the day that she gave her testimony oh what a little pussy bitch and she insisted that he be there he's a little pussy bitch. she was like no i i want him to sit there and hear what i have to say yeah and i was like oh my god this is yeah, like what a fucking badass yeah just like she's like no no you're gonna look me in the eye and i'm gonna destroy you she wanted him to see the scars he had left her with and wanted him to hear what it was like for her to wake up in the middle of the night, the nightmare that wouldn't end. Her mother, Pam, said, Crystal looked him right in the eye. That took a lot of courage and strength. I know a lot of adults that couldn't have done that. No. And that's, oh, so, that's true. so true. Like, no. I don't think I could have done that. No. Um, no. She she walked the jury through everything that happened. Apparently, she even like 
laid down on a table and oh. mimed like what she did poking her head up and then laying down and like everything everything everyone was like taken by her testimony wow, that's difficult i know she had to Oof. literally relive it and there were quotes in this article that i didn't even include in this that people were saying they're like it became very real like we very much fully understand what she had to go through because she had to walk us through it minute by minute like such a visual yeah even though these police officers and her mom and everyone obviously knew what happened but like not in that level of detail and then and then when you see the actual victim like act it out that's even more like oh this happened yeah. like, yes ugh. Uh, Crystal, a quote from Crystal says, he was making me nervous. He was shaking his leg and wouldn't even look up at me or anything. It was just really overwhelming at that point. My, emo my emotions took over and I couldn't answer any more questions. They had to do a recess for 15 minutes and pull me aside. They just pulled me to the back room. My mom ran back there. My, you know, my attorney and everybody was just back there saying, Crystal, you're almost done. You can do it. You can do it. I wiped my tears and I went right back out there and I was I was on it. I did it. Wow. I feel like I'm going to cry. This is like Do so, it. This is so emotional. Cry. Just good for her. Yeah, oh my gosh. I can't even believe that. So um, apparently after her testimony, his defense attorney didn't even cross-examine her. All he said was, you're a very brave young woman. Thank you. No more questions. Fuck. Yeah. Because at this point he had confessed and his attorney i think his only goal was to try and keep him off death row yeah um and he was obviously smart enough to know that after she a, a 11 year old girl told a story like that mm -hmm. it's not going to make you or your client look good to go up and like cross-examine her and no. like try and like Break invalidate her, her story you know what i'm saying like yeah. that's just break her down like, i just don't think i think he was it's just like no i'm not even gonna bother yeah. yeah exactly that would be distasteful yeah um and she even said she after he she was like i couldn't believe it i couldn't believe he didn't ask me any questions she's like i really felt like even though he had to defend tommy i felt like even he was on my side probably <laughs> you know and like that's yeah that's yeah fair enough because i can't imagine being a defense attorney no. and being like i have to defend this disgusting piece well, of garbage sometimes, like defense attorneys are like just assigned a person it's not like they're they like are. i and, want to defend and that you. is our justice system and and i truly believe in that like i know it upsets people to know that criminals have rights but they do have a right yeah to an attorney they have a right to counsel to they have a right trial. to a fair trial and a defense yeah because if we don't have that, then everybody gets convicted. And we already have so many innocent people going to prison for things that they didn't do. We have do. so many people on death row. Yes. <laughs> like, that, that haven't committed those yeah. crimes. So we need this part of yeah. our defense system. So I don't fault defense attorneys oh, God, who no. have to defend serial killers and criminals. And I think in situations like this, when they do take the high road and be like, you know what? No further questions. It's them kind of like admitting like, you know what? My client is at fault and I don't really have a defense here. So and again, he, it's I'm not like he was ever... Down. It's not like he for a minute thought that he was going to have some type of defense that would be able to get him off. He yeah. was just like, I, he's going to get convicted either necessity. way. <laughs> I'm here to maybe just make sure he doesn't get killed himself. Yeah. And just goes to prison for the rest of his life. Yeah. And That's just all you can do. The best possible deal. At that point. Really? Yes. At yeah. that point, it's almost just like a plea bargain. And they're like, eh, just. Yeah. Yeah. Just take that. Yeah. That deal. Whatever. So um the jury deliberated for an hour and 10 minutes that's so not a long time not very, <laughs> they were probably not like, very so, long yeah let's get them <laughs> i mean yeah what is there to deliberate about at that point yeah but um so they delivered deliberated for just over an hour they came back in and they found tommy lincell's guilty 
and he was eventually sentenced to death. Good. It's one of those I, times I where I'm agree. like, I'm going to cross that line that I'm usually on with the death penalty and be like, yeah. Yeah. I, and it's, this was just for the trial of Katie yeah. Harris. And that's the thing. And that's, like, but we know but he, that's a child. he's confirmed You've to also, have killed 22 other people. He attempted to murder two children yes. as well as not even on this trial, but like you've killed multiple people. You are a bag of shit. Yeah. If anyone's deserving of the death penalty, it's probably someone like him. Yeah. Yep. And even in the interview that I that I read, I didn't put this quote in here, but Crystal said she was like, I know that during the trial we were shooting for the death penalty, but when I, I would go back and forth and think about it because she was like, I'm not the type of person to wish death upon anyone. Mm -hmm. And here I am yeah. like, burn them. And, and, but, but it just <laughs> yeah. shows that level of like maturity yeah, that's, at such a young age to like, be able to be lot. like, this guy killed my friend. He almost killed me. Yeah. He's hurt so many other people. Yeah. He would have continued to hurt so many other people. And still I'm unsure if I want him to die because I don't know if that's fair. Like, yeah, I don't know if like anyone should have that kind of power. You know what I'm saying? Like just, yeah. wow. Like that's, yeah. you know, but that's impressive. I, I don't think that anyone, including her would have been disappointed by that verdict though at the same time. Yeah. You know, you're sort of like, you gotta, it, it couldn't have been surprising. No. So in 2004, while Tommy Linzels was on death row, he confessed to another murder. He said on October 13th, 1997, he broke into a home, took a knife from a butcher block in the kitchen and stabbed a little boy to death. No. And he had a, a struggle with a woman. And those details later corroborated the account of Julie Ray Harper who was initially convicted for the murder of her own son. Oh, no. And she was acquitted in 2006 because of his confession. Oh. So that happened in 1997. So she, she was in spent... prison for like nine years. Oh, my for God. The for the murder of death her of her own, own son. son. Yeah, and it was that's... this fucker. Wow. Yeah. That son of a bitch. I know. I know. This is what I mean. Like, he's terrible. I've never heard of this. I know. What the fuck? Where'd you find this? This is a story. This, <laughs> this is Google. <laughs> I'm a big deal. Google, Google me. me. <laughs> yeah, fuck. I know. This is what I mean. When I read this one, I was like, this is the one. This is this, this is, is it. The, this is it. Um, he also pled guilty in Bexar County to strangling nine-year-old Mary Beatrice Perez in 1999. Oh. So I'm assuming that happened earlier in the year in 1999. So there were, I guess, a few a few crimes he other crimes he was convicted for but yeah. it wouldn't matter at that point because yeah. he's on death row um but like i mentioned before over his entire yeah. time in custody he claimed to have murdered over 70 people but it's we just don't know between 22 and 70 yeah. we don't know exactly how many because he could have been inflating those numbers at, at a certain yeah. point or not but we know he's a, still a giant turd yeah Crystal Searles received a plaque from the Valverde County Sheriff's Office, which read, for invaluable assistance in solving the murder of Katie Harris and the attempted murder of yourself. Wow. Yeah. Um, she talks about, like I said before, about like just after all of this yeah. happened. She said, my mom and my two younger sisters and me all slept in the same bed probably for like two years. I bet. And I slept not very good. They would be sleeping and it'd be like five in the morning and I'm still awake just with my eyes open. I'm not necessarily scared, 
but I'm thinking if somebody comes in this window, I'm going to go out this window. If somebody comes in this door, I'm going to go out this way. Constantly I just had of like exit strategies. Yeah. She said, I just had like a game plan. And another weird thing was that I, whenever my family was sleeping, I would feel them just to make sure that they were alive and just breathing. That's not cool. Isn't that so tragic? And Like no kid should have to grow up like that. That's not okay. I know. I know. That's what I, that when you were saying earlier about like, how would you just like go to sleep? Like, how would you just you, like, it just happened don't. in the middle of the night while you were sleeping. That that's would, the time you're supposed to be safe. Like, yeah, that's when all your entire guard is down. Like, it's just, that's and, not okay. And like, yeah. And the fact that the four of them would just for two years slept in the same bed all together. That's it's so uncomfortable. It's, it's sad to me, but it's also very it, it shows how much support she had from yeah. her family. Which is amazing. And, and how much it affected all of them, of course. Yeah. Like, I mean, her one little sister was there and didn't obviously get attacked, thank goodness. But yeah. she was still there. That would be traumatizing for her as well. It would be traumatizing for, for her mom, mom and her little sister and her dad back yeah. home who would later hear about this. I can't imagine as a parent hearing that this happened to your child when they're across the country and you you weren't there. You had no, no way of protecting them. Yeah. You had no control over the situation. Yeah. You you feel at fault though. Yes. Like, oh, you just yes. feel that. You would feel... Even when your kid gets like sick and throws up, you feel the like, that's my, my doing. Like somehow, yeah. not that any parent's ever to blame. It's just like, you feel it. You yeah. take that guilt on no matter what happens to your kid. Is there kid. something I could have done differently? Exactly. Cause it's just like, that's your kid. That's your protective instincts. Like yeah. that's just, yeah. Of course. And, and there's, and there's no way any of these people could have known. How anything. could you have? And, and this is a complete random the stranger. Like the only way they could cope with it obviously was just being together. And, and I think that's, that's a beautiful thing. I think for a family to be able to get through it, together together like this and not have it tear them apart because sometimes like horrible crimes like this will make a family fall apart like parents will get split up and then yeah you know people turn to crime themselves or just like go on living a very different life than what they should have lived like that happened regardless Mm -hmm. but at least they had like each other yes and and it said from her both her father and her sisters they both said that this brought their family so much closer Mm -hmm. her father was um it in at the end of the interview they kind of go back and they talk about what their life was like five years prior to this like leading up to this murder and everything and i guess both of her parents admitted in this interview that they had both gotten into drugs and there what katie or sorry not katie um crystal was the oldest sibling and she was like literally being a mom to her younger sisters at like seven years old and like changing their diapers and like taking care of the family things then and and that's part of the reason why they think that she came through this so well because she She was already already, so mature to begin with yeah that's what i mean about the statements that she was making it's like that's that's a 10 11 year old girl who had to grow up really quickly yeah and um and her father was her mom got herself cleaned up first and then came for the girls and then took them and then her dad was still using drugs and i guess was in prison for some something drug related at Mm -hmm. the time that this happened oh wow and um before this all happened her sisters say that like crystal was very upset with their dad and everything she was the oldest so i think she knew yeah. most of what was going on but after this whole thing happened and after her dad got out of prison they were able to 
rebuild their relationship and during the time of this interview when she was 20 she was saying like yeah it's not perfect but like we looked at it as like a second chance yeah and you'd have to look at it that way like a second chance to be father and daughter and and to have a relationship so no it's not one big happy family i don't think the parents are together yeah um but but they it sounds like her whole family looked at this as like we are alive we're so grateful yeah we we love each other so much and like it makes us appreciate each other so much more it would yeah so like you said a lot of families don't come through this stuff like this that way and that's understandable too oh yeah of every way is understandable everyone copes with this in different ways i think it's nice to be able to hear something good coming out of something so terrible like this yeah you know well because it seems like it's the only silver lining exactly exactly um there was another quote from crystal from the interview she says i don't ever think about tommy lynn cells i don't ever give him the time of day he's dead to me good as he fucking should be yeah you know what yeah yeah so this was that was the interview in 2010 that was one of the sort of like final thoughts from that interview but in um a del rio judge set tommy Linsell's execution date for april 3rd 2014 so at the time of that interview he wasn't he hadn't been executed yet mm-hmm. but she's just saying like he's dead to me in my head like yeah. i don't think about him he's already yeah he doesn't deserve my no time. and he does not and yeah. i couldn't agree more yeah wow his death sentence was carried out at the texas state penitentiary in huntsville Okay. When asked if he would like to make a final statement, he said no. He didn't say anything. Good. As uh, a lethal dose of pontobarbital. <laughs> Why did I even fucking try Why did you to try? say that? Why did I a even try? A lethal dose is something. <laughs> lethal dose. <laughs> he was killed by lethal injection. That's what we usually say. Why did I even try? Why'd you try? This was copy and pasted from something. Because <laughs> this particular sentence. Pontobarbital. <laughs> Pentobarbital. Um, you know what you just sounded like? You sounded like you were speaking Simlish there. Like, or whatever they speak in Sims. Like, in the Sims? Yeah. Pontobarbital. Yeah. <laughs> Pond of Barbell's Hall. <laughs> when they're like so opening true. the fridge or something. <laughs> he so he he was executed by lethal injection. He he took a few deep breaths, closed his eyes, and he began to snore. Less than a minute later, he stopped moving. 13 minutes later, I didn't realize it took that long. It takes a while. Yeah, 13 minutes later. There's like a few, I think it's like eight or something. I could be wrong about that. It's, for like your heart to it's stop. It's like a th- few doses. Oh, like it'll okay. be like one vial to slow this down and then the next to slow this down and then it like uh, it goes okay. in like phases. I didn't yeah, I didn't realize that. I thought yeah. it was like a, a few minutes, but um 13 minutes later at 6:27 p.m. he was pronounced dead. Crystal Searles and members of both the Harris and Perez families attended the execution. Good. Did she moon him? I moon him. Oh, I wish. Like I said, this girl is above. She's that above all. us. She is above she us. She is above us. <laughs> she is just yeah. in another. <laughs> She's not petty like us. Of people. Yeah. No. Here I am. Like, did she fucking moon him and throw her own feces at him? Because I would. I know. Like, I know. Because it makes me so fucking angry. Oh, wow. This chick's hardcore. I know. I know. Here I am doing like the childish things. Like, did she throw a bugger at him? Because I would. Well, and like, when I was doing research for this case the when i type when you type in her name usually when you type in someone's name the most recent thing that's been reported or whatever will come up Mm -hmm. so just a few years ago her and her sisters were getting cyber stalked by some nut job in florida and he was sending them 
pictures of the crime scene that's fucked he would send them pictures of the crime scene and then be like he would he would like taunt her he'd say things like oh if you did this don't you think katie would have survived and blah blah blah, and then threaten them and threaten to kill them and threaten to rape them and like all this stuff and this was going Who on the for fuck is this guy? i don't know but he was arrested okay i was, was gonna f- be like because i'll find him he was arrested if you google her I'll name it, will, my it will come up him. i think he got like four years in prison that's or not something. enough time this guy's gonna but be yeah i'm like are you fucking kidding me like this How this girl that she's a she's a woman now but like she's moved on with her life she is like who put you, it behind yeah, her who do you think you are and now like you you're forced to if confront it all again because you can't ignore something like that you pathetic piece of shit yeah like i just some people are get so your own life sick and twisted and fucked up and i know we like yeah. categorize serial, serial killers as like the most sick and twisted people on the planet no there I are so many people out there that are equally as sick and twisted and don't, don't ever kill, kill anybody yeah but just this is torture torture people yeah, yeah. like you're this getting is, off on this you get off on seeing people hurt whether that's physically mentally or emotionally like it's you fuck you yeah this guy needs feces thrown at him absolutely absolutely let's do it i'll get a bag full right now go down to florida (laughs) oh yeah i mean we were gonna take a trip to florida anyways right (laughs) just pass by his house back you man by his house the prison yeah yeah his house (laughs) is he still in there i think so because i think when i was looking up i think this happened to like recently like a couple of years ago and i okay. think i saw he was sentenced to four or five years so we'll he's go. probably still in there we'll unless it's like oh you served you were sentenced to four years but you served like you a month three and minutes. a half and then you, <laughs> just, you, just you walked in and just walked straight back out deemed rehabilitated yeah not yeah at all. no i don't think you can rehabilitate somebody like that no some people just like suck i know i don't even know how else to word it anymore i give up i know i know I but there up. are people like crystal out there who make it all restore my faith in humanity yeah just yeah i agree good for her it's fucked that was okay that was crazy i can't believe i didn't know about that case i know i know but i mean i guess when i think about it though 1999 i mean we when this was happening we would have been young i'm just surprised i haven't heard it it covered on other podcasts and i'm not saying that other podcasts haven't done it i'm just saying i haven't listened to every single way ahead of true crime episode we're so much better (laughs) i love that you like started smiling too when you said it like yeah i just like never heard it no but (laughs) you know i am i'm sure other podcasts have done it but i just i haven't heard it yet so when i read it this was entirely new information to me this was utterly shocking to me yeah i'm gonna go throw feces at that guy that's being a cyber bully essentially i know like oh just so that makes me so angry you know what all of crime makes me like way too angry is this a bad idea is this are we stressing ourselves out by doing this is this why i have gray hair is this why you got your first gray hair like (gasps) (gasps) (laughs) it probably is oh shit oh damn it you by probably, the like literally give me a year and i'm gonna be like white like am i entire- <laughs> you and me both we're just gonna be sitting oh there my gosh. white it's eyebrows like, you know, you, everything you know when you see those pictures of like presidents when it's like start of the term and then at the end of the term and they're like literally like deceased <laughs> it's, it's like all theirs yeah. white they look oh, so haggard oh i'll save it for when we record the next thing but i was gonna say the really powdery guy <laughs> that's gonna be you and me <laughs> oh shit oh. Oh, yo, powdery. Now people can't wait to hear about the powdery guy. Yeah, yeah, We're yeah. We're just going to leave it at that. Just just keep your ears peeled for the powder. The powdery, powdery guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Well, fuck. Let's 
yeah with let's that, wrap with it that up said. there yeah on that note sign up to be super cool and join our cult of extremely awesome people who love true crime at www.patreon.com slash how to not get killed and if you ever want to chat and connect with us you can send us an email to how to not get killed at gmail.com or you can dm us or comment on our posts on instagram at how to not get killed and you can follow us on twitter at h2ngk and you can also check out our website and shop our merch at www.howtonotgetkilled.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. And let us know what you thought of this Survivor episode. Yeah. And don't forget to keep it sleazy. Yes, of course. Keep it extra sleazy. Yeah, yeah. Keep it, like, extra sleazy. Today. Yeah. Be as cool as Crystal. Yeah. Yeah. Crystal is cool. She's cool. We like her. She's fucking awesome. Okay. See you next time. See you later. Goodbye. Bye.